0: Epicor is the essential partner to the world's most essential businesses, offering ERP solutions built for growth and operational success. Explore the industry productivity solutions we curate for the automotive, building supply, distribution, manufacturing, and retail industries by visiting epicor.com/essential. That's e p slash o r.com/essential.
1: Right now, savings goals might feel out of reach. But with the U.S. Bank mobile app, we can help you put money aside in a way that won't make you miss it. Using personalized insights, you can save in a way that works in real life and all the curveballs that come with it. So let's get you closer to whatever it is you're saving for. Because at U.S. Bank, even our tools are smart enough to put people first. U.S. Bank. We'll get there together. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Welcome back to the Boost Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode features Jennifer Witter. She's an author, advocate for women and diversity, and public speaker. Jennifer is the CEO and co-founder of The Borland Group, a New York City-based public relations firm. The part of Boost that Jennifer will address is build your brand. As entrepreneurs, it's super important for us to present a clear and concise personal brand as we are connecting with folks out in the marketplace. So listen in to her tips
2: and strategies.
1: Welcome to the Boost podcast, Jennifer. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Kelly, I'm so excited for this opportunity to speak to you and your
1: audience. Beautiful. You know, it's so funny. I was trying to trace in my mind how you and I initially met. Um, because I know mm-hmm. you've been doing, you're like in New York, you're in D.C., you're all over the place with the work that you do. And so um, I know we've met at a couple of events and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we initially may have met on LinkedIn, right?
2: It was LinkedIn, but I have known about you for quite some time. I used to present at the Power Conference, ah. and I went to one of your LinkedIn classes. And then there was one year that I was doing a roundtable discussion on personal branding, and you were doing your table on LinkedIn. I turned around and I saw you. So you have always been in my ether, so to speak. <laughs> and then it was like, you know, I've been a longtime fan. And I said, you know what? I have got to connect with this lady. But definitely, I remember first hearing about you and seeing you in action at the, the Power Conference in Maryland.
1: Wow. It's such a small world. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I've been like secretly stalking and following you and all the great- things that you do the different speaking and you have been amazing in terms of your the business the business growth and the different venues that you've had Thank an you. opportunity to speak in so share with us more about your background and the work that you do the type of clients that you serve
2: sure well I started the boiling group 16 years wow. and yes yeah, and I'm very proud of the fact that I now have a sweet 16 euro company because <laughs> as any entrepreneur knows you have the peaks and you have the valleys internally and externally there are forces that sometimes impact you such as the, the Great Recession mm. and I've been in PR now since the early 1980s and I started the Borland Group in 2002. I used to be a vice president at Ketchum Public Relations and it's a great organization. I enjoyed my time there but I was burned out out. Um, There was um, obviously 9-11 because I am based in New York. Mm -hmm. And around that time, I had lost my mother. And I decided to quit and take a year off and decide whether or not I wanted to stay in public relations or change fields. And I decided that I really did like my field. And I wanted to stay in it. And I wanted to stay in it on my own terms and the only way to do that was to start my company, and I had never had an entrepreneurial streak or anything like that. And I wanted, you know, tell your audience that you don't have to be like one of these baby entrepreneurs who started, you know, selling newspapers at three months, and then you had your first startup at 18. Not at all, because I didn't start my company until I was in my 40s. And I do say you have to prepare. So I went to SCORE, I went to SBA, mm-hmm. I took all these classes, and I learned. And I did bootstrap my own company. And I, once I had all of that behind me, I sent out an email to like 200 people within my network. I said, I'm starting a PR company. Um, Do you know of anybody who can, you know, is looking for a publicist? And I got one response back. Wow. And it was a a guy that I knew at Ketchum and I'm sure we'll catch upon this, but you never give up your, your networking circle. Mm. And he responded, he goes, well, I don't need you, but a friend of mine, his sister-in-law is looking for a publicist. And so I met with her, I signed her, and she became my first client. Wow. And that's how the Borland Group was launched. And from the work that I did with her, uh, other people began to see it. she was in real estate. And for the first like five or six years, I focused in on real estate. Now keep in mind, this was like 2002. Mm -hmm. And when I was at Ketchum... I had focused in on on high-tech, and I did a lot of startups in Silicon Valley. I represented FedEx, blah, blah, blah. And in real estate, I saw some of the same bubbly things I saw in technology, and I went, uh-oh. Hmm. And those were the golden years of business. Nobody had to go out and get business. Business came yeah. to you. yep. And it will never happen again. I mean, sorry, (laughs) entrepreneurs, those days are over with. (laughs) But they were fun while they lasted. Uh And I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to diversify. I'm really going to start networking. And I'm going to start building my brand as the CEO of the Borland Group. And the Borland Group, by the way, uh, focuses on corporate and executive uh, positioning, and I'm now broadening it out. And this year, we're going to include a focus on women and minority-owned businesses, Ooh, nice. and I'll- Yes, and I'll go if we have time to talk a little bit about that later. So anyway, um, so I said we're not going to just focus on real estate. We're going to look at small business. We are you know, going to go out there. We're really going to you know, really broaden our base. And you know what? That is what saved me because when the Great Recession hit, real estate collapsed. And if I did not go out there and create this world where I now have multiple streams of revenue, the Berlin Group would have collapsed. And we actually grew during that period. And one of the things I say to entrepreneurs is that you should always have multiple streams of revenue. So if one is dipping down, you have the other one to rely upon. So with the Borland Group, yes, primarily we are a public relations agency. I'm also a public speaker Mm. and I've spoken at in the Washington DC area I've spoken at American University um, the Pentagon I have spoken at the Brookings institution I also am a PR coach for those small businesses that can't afford a large agency Mm -hmm. I coach them Mm -hmm. and then they execute and then the other thing is I work with another PR agency which is where I am right now and I am very Diversity fellow and executive mentor. Wow. So it all falls under the Whirling Group umbrella. Mm-hmm. It is not scattershot because the thread of communication and the, the topics of which I am passionate about, which is advocating for women and diversity, is all throughout all the different things that I do. And in building my own brand, I go out there on social media and I now get most of my business through networking and social media. I got my speaking engagement at the Pentagon through social media, wow. through Facebook. I have generated five figures in revenue over that just from Facebook, wow. from Twitter. I built my visibility and have made valuable connections, but all of that with the, the women's advocacy to diversity. With the the company that I do, entrepreneurs need to have a rifle focus and then see how they can strategically spread it out so that their messaging doesn't get muddled and that they can continue. Doing different things, still generating revenue, and most importantly, protecting themselves. So if there is a dip, they have another silo to go to that will help them out.
1: Yeah, that's so super critical. I truly admire and um, just am excited about the power of one. The fact that you, you know, 200 emails resulted in in one um, new client, but it was that one client that got you, you know, sort of launched. Provided the foundation and the launch pad for your sweet 16, uh, 16 years of success. Now, I can imagine that over these last 16 years, there's probably been a lot that has changed in public uh, relations. And Mm -hmm. so I would love to know from you, just especially with the advent of social media and all these other um, just sort of platforms, what would you say are the one or two like huge changes that really totally changed the way that public relations is done?
2: One is the rise of social media as a communication channel. Mm -hmm. And... uh... Using social media as a way to communicate directly to your targeted audiences and using Facebook, using LinkedIn, it is something that five, six years ago, yes, it was on the horizon. But it's not, it was not as influential and as impactful mm-hmm. as it is right now. And because of social media and the, the burgeoning of the internet within the industry, you have emerging communication channels and one are podcasts, which mm-hmm. is this, mm-hmm. the other one is Twitter chats mm-hmm. and And that's based on the Twitter platforms. And I say this to my clients. I say this to others in the industry. You cannot overlook those two platforms because I'm leading into the next point. And this has started within the past two years. This is not a political discussion. But since uh, the new administration came in two years ago and the cries of fake news, Mm -hmm. there has been an increase in suspicion of the news medium.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So we have to make sure with our clients that they understand the impact that you know going out and um, getting placed in news channels that they have to be understood that this news channel is absolutely credible because let's just say some of your audience doesn't believe this channel or has suspicions about that, Mm -hmm. it can diminish your messaging Mm, and so you have to be aware not of who you're communicating to but how you're communicating to and how you are communicating and then looking at the big external picture what i do say fake news is not new it's not new there (laughs) was yellow no everybody goes like fake news oh my gosh no there was yellow journalism in the early 1900s that was fostered by you know hearst Mm -hmm. and but people forgot about that but it has a different tilt to it right now yeah and i would say one last thing if i may the third thing is that the news industry is under pressure Mm -hmm. and a lot of um, outlets are folding, mm-hmm. or they're reducing their staff. So within public relations, when I first started, it was you know back in the days when you know horseless carriages first arrived. <laughs> you know you had you know three major networks. There was no LinkedIn. Right. There was no such thing as twenty four seven news cycle. Yeah. And the way it is now. From 1982, 83 is a different world, but even from, I would say, 2010 to 2019, it's a vastly different world, and the changes are constant. Mm. So within the industry, we as public relations professionals have to know what is happening out there. That we can use the tools that are currently available in order to best service our clients. Gotcha. Yeah,
1: that makes complete sense. And so I know you're also
2: an author, you
1: wrote the little Mm -hmm. book of big PR, 100 quick tips to get your small business noticed. Like, what would you say if there was a small business owner listening in right now and maybe they're just getting started, a newer entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. maybe they don't have the budget to hire someone like a Mm -hmm. Jennifer at the Borland Group. What would you say are maybe two quick tips that you would give to them to help
2: them to get their business noticed? You know, in the very first chapter of the Little Book of PR, which, by the way, um, is published by HarperCollins, is a full chapter on personal branding. Mm. And I know that you've touched upon that before in previous podcasts, and I would say that is very important because... You have to be clear as to who and what you are doing, perception versus reality. So you want to make sure that the external universe, your target audience, knows who you are, what you're doing, what is the value that you're providing. So that would be the very first thing that I would strongly advise entrepreneurs to do. And the second thing, and this always makes my head spin... So many entrepreneurs do not effectively use social media Mm. and I've met so many who said you know I just don't have the time there is no positive return and the thing about it is is that if you're not on social media and using it effectively your competition is and my phrase is you have got to get your unfair share of attention so if you're not on social media guess what your competition is getting some of your market share Mm. so what entrepreneurs need to do you don't have to do every platform pick the one that works best for you and your business if it's LinkedIn if it's Facebook and spend in the beginning like an hour or two a week for example on LinkedIn very quickly you need to post 20 times a month if people go 20 times a month <laughs> that's once a day Right. that is the basic mm-hmm. yeah just do that and you will see after a period of consistent posting and engaging, the return on that. So those are, you know, the two things that I would advise entrepreneurs. Develop a clear and concise personal brand that is in alignment with your corporate brand. Mm. And then with social media, have some kind of virtual presence so that will enable to differentiate your company build awareness to your company and help you get your unfair share of attention awesome
1: now what Mm -hmm. advice would you give to someone if someone's listening in today and maybe they're frustrated with um, where they are in their business and they're contemplating maybe giving up. What word of advice would you give to that individual? Keep it moving. Mm. I will
2: not lie. 2018 was one of the most challenging years for my business. And it was, I, I will not, Relive 2018, even if you paid me, they wouldn't do it. But here's the thing. When there is a dip, you need to take a step back and say, okay, what can I do to make this better? And here's another thing that I have found with entrepreneurs that they don't do, that we don't do. We don't make ourselves vulnerable. And if you're having an issue and you're keeping it to yourself, it is not going to help. Mm. You need to say, I am having a challenging year. And you have to learn to ask. And within your network, you have to see who is there that you can go to and have an honest dialogue and say, can you assist me? Do you know of other clients? Do you know of other resources? And you just have to keep you yourself moving forward and what I did was exactly that. I let people know I was having a challenging year. I was unabashedly asking for help and what has happened is that 2019 has started off like gangbusters, mm. you know. I have speaking engagements. Um, one is at Columbia University in February. I'm speaking at an American University in in March. I just signed uh, a large client, um, I I signed a couple of DC area clients. One of them reupped, and so what I did was. I said, I need assistance, and there's no shame in that because everyone has a diff- I mean, remember Apple mm-hmm. back in the 1980s mm-hmm. when it was like at the bottom, and it built itself up. So whether you're an Apple or the Borling Group or ABC Corporation – Every company goes through a down period, but it's up to you to have tools in place to climb up and again say, I need assistance. Can you help me?
1: Yeah, that's so, so good. So good. And I know it is. We all want to wear our superwoman cape and just fly through the air to make and have these appearances that life is hunky dory. But yeah, there's something to be said for that vulnerability. Um, And so thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing that. Now, Jennifer, if our audience, which I'm sure they will, wants to reach back with you and or just to stay in touch, what's the best way for them to connect with you? The best way to connect with me, you can
2: go on Twitter and my first name is spelled differently. So I'll spell it slowly. It's uh, Jennifer J-E-N-N-E. F-E-R-T-B-G and TBG is short for the Borland group so it's at Jennifer TBG and then you can always connect with me on LinkedIn and it's Jennifer J-E-N-N-E-F-E-R W-I-T-T-E-R since there are about three Jennifers with three E's in their names it should be easy <laughs> to find me and it'll just say I heard you on Boost and I will happily connect with you and we can get to know each other and see how we can support each other Awesome.
1: This has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time and just your insight, Jennifer. This has been incredible.
2: Kelly, I appreciate you. I have been a fan of yours for years and you were saying you were stalking me. I was stalking you. <laughs> so it was a mutual stalk. There you go. <laughs> so thank you. And I enjoyed booth. I you know, I enjoyed the episode with Sharon. I enjoyed the one with um the gentleman who was the pro athlete. I don't remember his name. You're giving out a lot of worthwhile information to entrepreneurs, and I know this podcast will be helping many out there.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Well, that does it for this episode of the Boost Podcast. I hope you heard something in today's episode that motivates and equips you to boost your business success. If you've got a moment, it would mean the world to me if you could please write a review, subscribe to the podcast, or share it with a friend. For more information, you can check out kellytleonard.com. I'd also love to connect with you on social media. I am KT Leonard on LinkedIn and Facebook and Kelly T Leonard on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to our producer and master of all things podcasty, Claude Jennings. And thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of the Boost Podcast.
0: Epicor is the essential partner to the world's most essential businesses, offering ERP solutions built for growth and operational success. Explore the industry productivity solutions we curate for the automotive, building supply, distribution, manufacturing and retail industries by visiting epicor.com/essential. That's e p slash o r.com/essential.